Oh, my goodness. We got laptops and we've got everything, everything here to remind us how quick and how fast that we can communicate in this generation. We are a cell phone. We are a PC. We are a laptop society. In fact, the other day I was sitting in a restaurant and I just looked around and I saw everybody taking their cell phones out. And I thought to myself, I bet some people are communicating across the table with each other by texting instead of talking. And uh, it's amazing. We live in a world where everybody is communicating through social media. It's amazing. And uh, how fast information can pass. I can be eating dinner. I can take a picture of my dinner. And I, in no time, over several thousand people can see what I'm eating for dinner. Not that I really care. I don't care what you eat for dinner, you know, but some people, they, they're, they're into that, you know. We just had steak and baked potatoes, and they send it wherever, and the whole world looks in and sees what you eat for dinner. How interesting is that, you know? But it's amazing, the information. We live in an information day. But we're talking about going viral with your faith. How quick we need to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out. How quick that we need to just let people know about what Christ has done for us. This morning, I want to speak to you on this subject, going viral with a vibrant faith, a vibrant faith, a faith that is exciting, a faith that basically lets people know what a wonderful God we have and what wonderful things the Lord has done for us. In fact, my text is this morning in, in the book of Mark, chapter 5. If you'd like to look there, you can check it out with me. Mark, chapter 5, and it's verses 1 through 20, gives us a story about this man who was demon-possessed. And that's something you don't hear in our culture, but it's very much a Bible truth. There are people who are possessed of devils or demon-possessed, and, and Jesus helps this man who is held hostage by many, many demons. In Mark chapter 5, I'm kind of kind of read the story to you because the storyline is really fantastic, but the principles that we're going to really drive home are, are just really applicable to this subject of going viral with a vibrant faith. The Bible says in verse 1, So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the regions of, of the Gadarenes. And when Jesus climbed out of the boat... A man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. You see, this man lived in burial caves and could not be restrained, even with a chain. And whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. And when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, and he ran to meet him, and he bowed low before him. And with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. 
And then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out of the man and entered into the pigs. And the entire herd, about 2,000 pigs, plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding country, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they, they saw this man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. And then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. And Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, no, go home to your family and tell everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he had told them. Going viral with a vibrant faith. You see, nothing impacts Christianity more than in an excited faith. I love reading about the response of people in the four Gospels who've had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I like it because it really gives us a, an inside picture of Jesus Christ and his ministry. This, this is a, a fantastic read. But I always like to read when Jesus would perform a miracle on someone who had been suffering or someone who had been bound in some form of bondage. After they were released, I always like to, to watch and read about their response to Jesus after they were delivered. In fact, you, if you read through, there are so many miracle stories in the gospel. You'll read one place where one leper fell down on his feet, a face. He fell down on his face and he, he, he worshiped God and he praised God with a very loud voice. Another place you'll read where a, a man that was crippled, Jesus told him to roll up his bed and he rolled it up and the Bible says he leaped for joy. I love other places in the Bible where it says uh, where a, a, a leper also was healed and he glorified God with a loud voice. Other places where the Bible says after someone had just received a great miracle by God, they would follow the Lord fully. Wherever the Lord went, they followed him. And then there are places where people entered into active worship. I love to read about how people respond after God has done something great for them. It's great, great. You see, the response of this man in our text this morning was about a man who was delivered from a legion of demons. Now, the name legion means 3,000. 3,000. This man was possessed by 3,000 demonic spirits. This man had probably suffered than any other man as we study in the New Testament. This man was bound. And this morning, I want us to look at how this man used his vibrant faith to be a firebrand of the gospel of Christ 
And I just want to look into this man's life, and I just want to pull out three principles how that it can help us to have a, a vibrant faith. By the way, let me ask you, do you want to have a vibrant faith that goes viral? Would you raise your hand and say amen? A vibrant faith? I want to share with you three Three things. What does it take to have a vibrant faith to go viral? Number one, number one, it takes an obsession with Jesus Christ. It takes an obsession with Jesus Christ. Verse 18 says this. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. He begged to go with him. Just reading this text, you could see something about the obsession that this man had about Jesus. Demon possession has to be a horrible experience. I've read about people who've been bound in demon possession, even in our generation. This man was beyond despair. He was bound to these demons. There were 3,000 of them. He was held captive to his own will. He had no control over his own body. He was overrun with these vile, destructive demons. They, they ransacked his life. They spoke for him. They controlled his movements. They inflicted pain on his body. They refused to let him rest or sleep. They, they destroyed all of his relationships. They took him down to the lowest level of life. They took him from his comfortable environment at home out to live in a cemetery. They destroyed his peace. They inflicted his mind with torment and mental illness. He was bound by these filthy demons. And although he still could hear and see, this man didn't have power or control over his own personal body. He was bound. He lived according to the evil dictates of these demonic forces in his life. He was totally out of control until Jesus confronted his nightmare. With one word, Jesus commanded legion or these 3,000 demons to depart from this man. And this demonic force had to leave the body of this man. After the demons left, turmoil turned into peace. Storms gave way to the sunshine. Darkness turned to light. His body had been released from the grip and the control of demons. His mind now settled into a state of relief. His mind was able to take control of his body again. And the Bible says that he came to himself. He was in his right mind again. This man who had been bound was now set free. The pain was now subsided. The confusion stopped. And now light filled his soul and his spirit. The Bible says that he was made whole. And he was healed by the one who had the power over the forces of hell. The demons were gone. And there was quietness and peace. And Jesus looks upon him with compassion. I, I would love to, I would have loved to have been there. To see after the demons left this man that was ripped and torn by their presence. And after Jesus commands these demons to leave, I would have loved to have been there to see the spirit of that man look upon Jesus. And I would have loved to see Jesus looking at this man. The compassion and the love 
that Jesus had toward this man. Jesus knew this man had suffered. He knew he was ripped and torn. And Jesus stood there with compassion. He set this man free. You see, it was this man, this this mighty man called Jesus, the Son of God, this, this man had set him free. This demon-possessed man had, had, had just now become infatuated and obsessed with the very man who had the power over hell. He became obsessed with the creator of the universe. It was this man who had set him free. And after this dramatic deliverance, Jesus had to go to his next mission And the Bible says that Jesus got into a boat to go to the other side. But this delivered man wouldn't let him get away. It's a beautiful picture. Jesus is leaving, and and this man is watching Jesus leave, and he is so obsessed, and he, he basically cries out and says, No, 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 don't go, Jesus. You you can't leave me. You see, I've got to stay in your presence because there's comfort in your presence. There is victory in your presence. There's power in, don't leave. The Bible says that this man who had been delivered begged. He pleaded. He he prayed. He besought. Don't leave me, God. If you want your faith to go viral, There has to come a place in your life that you realize that you can never let the presence of Jesus depart out of your life. This man begged. He was obsessed. All he could think about was, I was bound. I was in a dark place. I was in a hell on earth. But this man, Jesus, this man set me free. He is the one that called out the demons of hell and lifted me out of my darkness and light. Oh, Jesus, don't depart. I want to go with you. I want to go with you. I imagine this man that had just been delivered. I can see him now trying to get in the boat. Oh, I'm going with you. I mean, here this man could have went home to his wife and his kids. He could have went back to his career. But no, he was just so obsessed with Jesus, he was willing to go anywhere to be with him. He just wanted to be with the one who had made him whole. He wanted to be with the man who had calmed the storm in his life. And after the Lord directs him to go home, he basically tells him, go back to your house. Go back to your children. Go back to your wife. You know, I thought to myself, he could have done that. This man that was delivered, he could have said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate the salvation. I appreciate the deliverance. I appreciate all the good things that you did for me. He could have went back home, picked up his mundane life, go about his regular, ordinary business. He could have just went back to that place of indifference. But you know what the Bible says? This man was so on fire. The Bible says he went to 10 cities. I might not be able to go with Jesus, but I sure can testify what Jesus has done for me is basically what he said. You see, in an exciting faith, a vibrant faith, begins with an obsession with Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. I remember the day I got truly saved. 
I was born in a Christian home, just a, just a, a boy that, that was raised around religion. I became familiar with the things of religion. The, the name of Jesus was a familiar name in my home. But I'll never forget the day I truly got born again from above. i never forget the day that, that when the Holy Spirit revealed to me that I was lost and on my way to hell. And I remember the, for the first time that I called out and I said, God, I don't want to go to hell. Lord, I just need deliverance and I need salvation. And I remember when I called out and I remember the promises of God and the power of God and the entrance of the Holy Spirit into my life, how it changed me completely. And to this day, I can't help to be excited about Jesus. You see, if you want your, your faith to go viral, it takes an obsession. And the sad thing about Christians in our 21st century, we've gotten over Jesus. We've learned to, well, we got saved, thank you, God, and I can just, thank you, Lord, I appreciate what you've done for me, and we'll go back to our old way of life, and we can just continue to live as if he never existed, and we're no longer obsessed. If it hadn't been for Jesus Christ dying on the cross, had it not been Jesus coming down into this wicked world and becoming the supreme sacrifice, we would be men most miserable on our way to hell. But because of Jesus, we have our sins washed. We are adopted in the family of God. We are birthed in the family of God. And now we are the, called the, the children of God. We are the adopted children of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In other words, everything that Jesus owns, we we own also. I say hallelujah to the Lamb. Obsessed. He begged. He begged Jesus, don't leave. The second thing, as I see in this story about this man, one is he had an obsession with Jesus. And, and secondly, in order for our vibrant faith to go viral, it takes an enthusiastic story. I like what verse 19 says. But Jesus said, no, don't come with me. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Go home and circle that phrase. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Jesus gives this man a direct challenge. Go home and just tell everything. Tell everything about God's mercy. Tell it accurately. Tell it with passion. Tell it with details. Tell it about the heartfelt details. You see, going viral with a vibrant faith takes an, an enthusiastic testimony a story that glorifies the wonderful work of God, the work of grace that he bestows on those who are in need of mercy and help. You see, I believe the greatest way to, to reach our world today is to begin to tell people what Christ has done for you personally. And we need to go back to that place in our life and we need, to, we need to think about what God did for us in that moment of salvation. We need to go back to that place of deliverance, what Christ has done for us, how he answered our prayers, how he met our needs. And there has to be some enthusiasm about what God has done. 
He's what God is saying. Don't forget what I have done for you. Speak up and get excited about it. Don't just take things off from the table of God's grace that he gives you and just go on your own way forgetting the blessing of God. God says, go home and and tell everybody and talk about the mercy of God. Mercy. I don't deserve salvation. Neither do you. You are forgiven You are adopted, and you are blessed because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Look to your neighbor and say, it's all about grace. Can you do that? Oh, come on. Look to your neighbor behind you. They'll look so down. Say, it's all about grace. Can you do that? I have found that in this generation of time, people need to hear about the practical and realistic, realistic evidence of God's work of grace in our life. It's one thing to talk about spiritual platitudes, and we got our spiritual jargon down pretty well. It's one thing to talk about our philosophies and our personal opinions of Christianity, but it's quite another thing to share about what God's divine intervention did for you And how it changed your circumstance, how it changed your nature, how it changed the path of your life, and how it brought about a complete different lifestyle for you. We have a guy in our church named Luke. Is Luke here today? Luke, would you raise your hand if Luke's here? Where is he? Luke? Luke Davis? He's not here. He's sick. Oh, that's probably a good thing. Everywhere Luke goes... Back Wednesday night, I was teaching Revelation, and Luke loves to tell me the story about what God did for him. Luke had lived most of his life heroin addiction, life bound by addiction that drove his life. And the best prediction is basically what has happened in the past in his life, and he's 45 years of age. Really, he shouldn't be here today. He was heavy into heroin, and because he was heavy into heroin, it was controlling his life. He was bound. Forced him to do things he thought he would never do. Three years ago, he came into this church, and he heard about Jesus and the saving blood of Jesus. Heard about a God that would forgive you of all your sins. No matter how dark, black your sins are, Jesus extends his hand and says, Come now, therefore, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And on a Sunday morning, he asked Jesus Christ into his heart, and he he allowed Jesus to pour his blood over his soul, and the man got born again. He got saved. I wasn't too much longer. I baptized him back here. I've watched his life. The consequences of heroin took a toll on him, and I'd watch him, and man, I'm telling you, he had a battle, and he he would lose weight every week, and he was sickly, and I wasn't sure he was going to make it, and I would tell him, I said, Luke, just hang in there, and he'd always say, oh, God's grace. He says, it's all good because I'm not the old man I used to be. God changed them from the inside out. 
And now wherever you go, I watch him. He tells the story. Oh, let me tell you what I was, but let me tell you who I am now. Saved by the grace of God. I was bound, and people said there's no hope for him. He's an old drug addict. But the grace and the power of God delivered that man. He's set free. Three years, the man has been clean. Oh, he's not perfect. He's got a long road to go. He's surely no, no Spurgeon. But I'll tell you this. He is on his way in his own fight. Whoever he comes in contact with, and if he corners you out there in the lobby, just settle in and listen to the story because it's, a, it's an amazing story of God's grace. And I want you to know something. When he tells that story, he's enthusiastic. So should we. If we want our faith to go viral, we've, we've, we've got to be excited about what Christ has done for you. Now, if you've gotten over it, and you're just one of those ho-hum, indifferent Christians, and you just take things off the table of God's blessing, and you just put it in your pocket, and you go on your way without being thrilled and marveled over what God has done for you, well, you know, my friend, your faith, your faith is not going to attract anybody in this world. This man went to 10 cities. God says, I want you to go home. He goes, oh, I can't go home. I'm going to go to this town. And as he went to town, he told everything. He told everything. I want to tell you about this man named Jesus. I had 3,000 demons bound up inside of me. They tormented me. I couldn't sleep day or night. I, I was horrified. I was burdened. I was bound. I couldn't help myself. But Jesus, this man from Nazareth, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, he spoke the words and the demons left and my mind came back and I was made whole by the grace of Jesus. And he said, everywhere he went, give God all the glory and give God all the praise. Enthusiastic. And then number three, and then I'm through, and all God's people said, whoopee, the end of the sermon. Here we go, number three. It takes a spirit of spontaneity. I love this. Mark chapter 5, verse 20 says, so the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region. Decapolis, Deca means five. Decapolis means city. Ten, I'm sorry, ten towns of that region. And he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. In order for our faith to go viral, it has to be a spirit of spontaneity. What does that mean? It is a testimony that's not rehearsed, programmed, or memorized. It's not a little cliche that we wrap up. And we as Christians, we're so notorious of having our little cliches and platitudes. You see, this spontaneous testimony sparked amazement with those who heard his message. When he came to town, he just naturally followed the impulse of his excitement and joy, and he just, he just let it out. He just let it out. He said, well, I, I think that's a little radical for me. I'm a very reserved I like to rehearse everything that I say. And yeah, your, your, your faith's not going to go viral. I'll tell you that right now. When this guy got into a city, when he got into a town, there was great spontaneity. 
That's something refreshing that I think Jesus loves in our testimony. Spontaneity is unrestrained expression of a natural impulse of something that is deeply felt. Feelings that are released without any reservation or without any restraint. Purely raw emotions and totally transparent. It is what we call a transparent expression that refuses to be inhibited with fear, shame, embarrassment, or even self-consciousness. This man went from city to city to city, proclaiming, broadcasting, publishing the miracle that he had experienced by God's divine intervention. And the reason our faith stays in the four walls of the church is because we, we're so afraid that, that if we unleash our, oh, I'm so happy, we're so afraid if we don't use the filter, if we're so afraid if we don't keep a lid on it, if we're so afraid that if we just let it out and get happy in Jesus, somebody's going to tag us as being radical, idiotic, or nuts. So we become professional Christians. This man went from town to town, and whoever he came in contact with, there was no restraint. He wasn't inhibited. He'd nab any one of you guys on the front row. He'd nab you guys on the front row and say, hey, I gotta come on over here. i got to tell you what Jesus did for me. I was bound, but now I'm set free. There was no hope for me. I was going to hell in a handbasket. But all oh, the voice of Jesus, he set me free. And then he'd go to the next group of people and said, come here, I want, you, I want to tell you. And the Bible says the people didn't even check him off as a lunatic, but rather the Bible says they, they marveled at what this man said. You know why? Because it was real. It was real. They knew something happened to him because he had the spontaneity in his testimony. Some said, I'm afraid of the witness for Jesus, I might say the wrong thing. Just tell people what Christ done for you. Just get excited. Pastor Brad talks about we're getting for Easter, getting ready for Easter on April 16th. And you know what? We could set this world on fire way before April 16th. You just go out of this place and start getting excited and start removing the barriers that keep you from ex being excited for Jesus. Someone told me one time, they said, Pastor Tim, when you preach, I get so excited for the Lord. I just want to stand up and run around the church. I said, well, why don't you? Well, you know, Pastor Tim, they'll haul me out. <laughs> no, they won't. They won't haul, they'll have to haul me out too. So we, we, we've, we've been good. We've been good. of not showing spontaneity. Huh. This man, he went from city to city. Everybody was talking about it. Can you imagine the dinner table? The husband said, well, you know, I had a strange experience today. I had this man who, which I believe he was demon-possessed. I heard about him up there in the tombstone, but man, this man's all excited about Jesus Christ, how he was set free. He'd tell his wife, then he'd tell their friends. And soon word spread. And here we are in the year 2017 of March. And what are we doing? 
We're talking about this man who got excited about what Christ did for him. His faith went viral big time, spanning over thousands of years. He talked about the compassion of Jesus. I I can imagine him saying, oh man, when then 3,000 demons left me, And God set me free. I was overwhelmed with peace. But after the clouds settled, I could could see the eyes of Jesus and the face of Jesus and the look of compassion that he had on me. Oh, my friends, there's not a face prettier and more glorified than the face of Jesus. It was not only a face of compassion, it was a face of authority. He had the voice that could could command the devils of hell to flee. It was a voice, a force of power. It was a voice of forgiveness. It was a voice of deliverance. This man had the spirit of spontaneity. He never held anything back. He didn't shy away from his opportunity to tell the story. It was unreserved, unrestrained, uninhibited. You see, communicating our faith would have a greater impact on the world if we could just tell our story of intervention, if we could tell our story of deliverance, like the spontaneity of a child. I've got grandkids. And one thing, as a grandparent, you well know, I love to see my grandkids coming. I love to see them go sometime, but I love to see them coming. And when they come, and when they come, they always come in bouncing in the door. Pop up! I got an A on my report card. Yay! Pop up! The girl loves me. Yay! Hopefully that's not my four-year-old. Pop up. God, hey, on my test, I'm just so happy. They hug my neck, and they're just this raw spontaneity of their whatever is going on good in their life. They just let it out. Wouldn't it be great if we go to work tomorrow and just shock everybody and just say, Yay, look what God did for me. I was once bound and going to hell. Once I was bound in addiction, or once I was held in a place of darkness, but because I invited Jesus Christ into my life, he changed everything. I love going to church. I love praising God. You see, the world might not smile at you, but God the Father looks down and says, Ooh, ooh, I love, I love that child. Children don't hide their feelings. They don't restrain their thoughts, desires, or experience. They're an open book. That's why we like kids. They haven't learned to master their emotions, to play the game of, I guess you can't tell what I'm feeling. Poker face. It's a shame that we've put a lid on our personal experience with Jesus and we've lost our spontaneity in our testimony. But you know what Luke says in 1133? No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, they put their lamp high on a lampstand where the light can be seen by all who enter the house. 
You know what God's saying? Don't, don't play games with your faith. Don't mask it. Don't put a bushel over it. Don't filter it. Let it out. You see, our faith will go viral when we begin to let our guard down, get past our fear of the opinions of people, and just openly share our heartfelt feelings with God, about God, with those who've never experienced the grace in their life. You see, this kind of zealous and open, excited testimony will go viral, and men will believe our report because of the spontaneity of our spirit, revealing a genuine change within. They'll say, wow, he has either lost his marbles or truly he has really got something wonderful. And when men hear the testimony, they'll be amazed just like they were. They'll be amazed just like they were. This man went to 10 cities and the Bible says, wow, the people marveled. They were astonished. Why? Because... His faith really did go viral. It went through all the region of Israel. One, because it took an obsession with Jesus Christ. He couldn't help talking about Jesus. He was obsessed with him. Secondly, he was enthusiastic with his story. And it was genuine. It was real. And thirdly, it took a spirit of spontaneity unrestrained, unmemorized, unprogrammed, but just let it out what God has done for you. Let me ask you a question today. Had it been not for the grace of God, you'd be on your way to hell this morning. But you're sitting in the house of God with a right mind. Your sins are forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. Death is not going to hold you. You've already overcome your enemy. You're going into the presence of God when this life is over. You're going to enter a realm of bliss and blessing. You're going to be rich in Jesus Christ through all eternity. Look what God has done for you. You are wealthy. You are rich beyond rich. You are saved. You are the child of God. You are blessed. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Give him glory. Give him glory. And let's go out like this man. You might not have been bound with demons. Well, maybe a few of you. You might not, not have had the radical deliverance. Nonetheless, you've been delivered. Praise this name. It takes an obsession with Jesus. It takes an enthusiasm in telling our story. And thirdly, it takes a spirit of spontaneity. We have a great God, a great Savior. Let's pray.